Welcome back to the Lodges podcast. This is episode nine. Adam Nelson, the founder of Philly Esports, joins us for the episode. The best way to describe this episode is just passion. Adam comes on and you really hear it in his voice, hear his drive for not only wanting to better the esports space, but to impact individuals, to make a difference in their life and to provide a platform for them so that they can take their life to the next level and also just create a sense of community within esports and within other people's individual lives. So I think that you'll really hear that throughout this episode with Adam. I think that you'll enjoy what he has to say and what he is doing in Philadelphia. So without further ado, this is the Lodges Podcast. back with another episode of the Lodges podcast. My name is Juan Rodriguez, uh, the founder of Lodges Financial, a business management firm for video game streamers and esports athletes. We are here um, with Adam Nelson. He is our guest today. Um, so before we hop in with him, I just wanted to cover some things real quickly. First off, of course, if you are new to the podcast, uh, we are doing something as of recently where I want it to be an interactive podcast. So if you're a listener, if you go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating with any kind of text that you want to leave for the podcast, uh, I will give you a shout-out on here, read it, and, and let the users know who you are. I definitely um, want this to be an engaging podcast with listeners. So please go do that if that's something that you want to do. Um, but other than that, we have an awesome guest with us here today. Um, so I met Adam via social media, as I have with some of the other guests, um, both on Instagram, uh, but mainly on LinkedIn. Uh, Adam is someone who was super interactive in, in the esports hashtag, and so I came across what he's doing um, up in Philly, and, and we kind of got plugged in and had a few conversations. So uh, Adam, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely, Juan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So, Adam, what what we really do here at the beginning and what I as well as the listeners will just want to hear is really just um, your personal story, you know, where you were born and raised, where you grew up. Uh, you know, just give us your, your three to four minute uh, Adam Nelson story of, of who you are. Sure. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> uh, first, I want to apologize. My voice is a little raspy today, so I'm going to get through this as, as nice as I can. Um so my background of kind of what led me to esports and my company and, and everything I'm working on now is um, I grew up in the middle of Lancaster on a horse farm and um, video games quickly became one of my favorite hobbies because I didn't have a lot of kids that lived around me because I lived out in the middle of nowhere um, and you know there really wasn't much else to do um, outside of working on the farm so video games quickly became a hobby that I was passionate about. And it really gave me to a, an opportunity to escape to another world and kind of do my own thing. Um, and so uh, growing up, I, I played video games all the way up um, through my teens. 
And probably the first real competitive video game that I got involved with was a game called SOCOM on the PlayStation 2. And that game, I think, was one of the first uh, games that was uh, online, had online play. Um, you had to buy the adapter for the PlayStation, plug it in the back, the whole nine yards. And and that's also when broadband became popular in, in homes, or at least in most homes uh, out in the suburbs. So um, that was where I really jumped into my first, quote unquote, competitive scene in video games. And, you know, I evolved from, from SOCOM to... To Halo, and then a couple other games I played all the way up until I joined the military. Um, when I uh, and I joined the military right after high school um, in 2007, and I didn't play too many video games while I was uh, in the military. Although I did play with my buddies here and there, but it wasn't really until um, I actually came back from my deployment in 2010 when I actually really dived in heavy into video games. When I built my first computer, uh, my first real gaming computer, and that's where where my my PC gaming really took off uh, in that sense. But um, you know, uh, as I've grown up and then as I, as the esports industry has evolved, um, I've just been fascinated by how everything has been changing. And then I've just been always passionate about video games, and I mostly play uh, uh, RPGs or or shooter games. Um, and when the um, the first real competitive scene that I took notice was the Overwatch scene. When that game came out, I became incredibly infatuated with it, and and I just love team-based game, and that's kind of what my roots is from with SOCOM. It was a very slow-paced team-based game where you had to work together to win. Otherwise, you couldn't just go out and just run and gun. There's just no way you're going to win the fight. Um, and so I, I really became enthralled with with Overwatch, um, and I tried my hand in being competitive, but that really didn't work out too well for me. So that's why I... I Try kind of transition my perspective on how else can I get involved in, in gaming if if the actual gamer route isn't isn't my future, um, and that's what kind of led me to the idea. Well, if I can't be a gamer, why don't I at least try to provide opportunities for other gamers to pursue their dreams um, and and either becoming a pro or just being involved in the industry in general. Um, and uh, and yeah, and so and so uh, you know I grew up in, in Lancaster and, and now I live here in Philadelphia, and um, you know as a veteran I, I've been very involved with veteran communities and one of the veteran communities I got involved with was called Bunker Labs which is a national nonprofit that helps veterans and their spouses start and grow businesses and I worked with them um, for almost two years and through that organization is what really inspired me to start my company Philly Esports um, here in Philadelphia and I'm just so thankful for them and obviously I'm still part of the community but I'm just so thankful for them because without them I probably never would have had the, the the confidence to make that step to start my own business and really get involved in, in esports, but I'm so happy I did because it's it's phenomenal to 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 play video games and be involved in this amazing uh, uh, industry and just seeing all these amazing talented players come together and, and build amazing communities and pursue their own dreams. It's really fascinating. But uh, but yeah, that's kind of my story. I kind of jumped around a little bit, but uh, happy to dive in deeper if you have any questions. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, so as you were growing up, was was gaming one of one of your main hobbies, or did you play sports? Were you involved in in any other things at a at a younger age? Oh yeah, I mean, I loved sports. I played baseball. Baseball is my favorite sport. Uh, big Phillies fan. Um, I played hockey. Didn't play any football, but baseball and hockey are really the two main sports. Played soccer a little bit, um, but I was a very active kid. You know, obviously working on a horse farm, you're always out there working on the fences or riding the horses or whatever you got to do. Um, but uh, but video games was was my primary hobby just because it just it it was 
for me, it was an adventure, right? I got to escape into a new world or, you know, pretend to be somebody that wasn't me. Um, and, you know, someone that was kind of a loner growing up, you know, it, it was kind of like my my social outlet in a way as well, because it wasn't really many people except for when I was at school um, for me to hang out with. So it was like my way to communicate, especially when the online features came around that I could actually talk. Um, it was a really great way for me to meet people and communicate um, outside of school. So it was really awesome. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm sure growing up on a horse farm like that, you definitely probably took away a strong work ethic. But by the time you left, I can imagine. (laughs) Um, So, okay, awesome. And so let's let's transition to high school a little bit. So so you grow up, you go to high school, you graduate. Um, What came next for you after after high school? Yeah. So, you know, I have two older sisters and they were both in college. And my parents at the time was like, hey, Adam, you can go to college, but we just can't send you to a four year school like your sisters. (laughs) Your only option is community college. And like most teenagers, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. But obviously that was in the height of the of the Iraq war 2007. And, you know, the military was pushing out how they would pay for college. And I always knew I wanted to do something um something important with my life, you know, long, really long story short, I really wasn't the most popular kid in high school. Um, and, and I, you know, coming out of high school, I I just didn't really feel like I had a purpose and I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but the military just seemed so appealing because not only did I learn about the military through games like SOCOM on the PlayStation two, which was about the Navy SEALs and the Navy, but, but, you know, I, I have history of a family in the military. And so I, I became, I, I just had a high level respect for people in the military and obviously with the war going on and the opportunity to go to school for free, it just felt like the right choice for me. So I was, I had a job at a, at a distribution, a grocery store distribution center. And one day I just, instead of going to work, I turned off the turnpike and drove to the closest recruiter center, talked to all the different branches and the army was just the one that felt the, just felt right. And so that day I said, Hey, I'm in. And I signed the paperwork and I enlisted that day. (laughs) It was crazy. crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, first off, thank you. Thank you for your service and, and everything um, that you've done. Definitely want to mention that to begin. And so I kind of want to dive a, a little bit into, you know, your military experience. Sure. So uh, talk to me about the first role you had, which I believe was the signal support systems role. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit about that role, because I'm interested since it had a tech side to it. Yes. Um, so, you know, was that something you requested? Was it something you were just put into or how did that role come about? Yeah. So when you join the military, there's a there's a in processing time, obviously, where you you get to pick your role. They kind of tell you what's available and you get to tell what you want and you kind of meet in the middle. Um, It all depends on what time, like what really is going on in the world, depends on what job you get. But I knew going into the military, I didn't want to be a grunt. I didn't want to just be infantry. Um, And I and I kind of thought about what what my skill set was. And I always really enjoyed um, working with with computers and technology. So the closest thing I thought was, well, let me be the radio operator because one, they have a really important job and two, it's going to teach me new things I don't know yet. And and so I just felt like it was a perfect job to have because even as a radio operator, you're still in the front lines and I knew I wanted to go and, and be an active person in the, in the fight. So the radio operator just seemed like the right job. So that's what I asked for. And then um, I was given this job, the 25 Uniform Signal System Support Specialist, where um, you did pretty much everything technology-wise. You operated the radios, you operated the satellites, you um, you know, you you set up radio towers when you're out in the field. Um, you work on computers, you work on cell phones, tablets. So it's essentially the IT guy of the Army, which is really cool because you're not locked into one specific technology. You get to use all the technologies where in the past – almost every piece of technology had its own person that worked on it and you didn't really work on anything else. So it was actually a really cool job to have because I got exposed to so many different things. 
And as a gamer and, and being involved with computers, it was a perfect fit for me because I already knew how to build a computer um, and, inter- and like interact with the, with the different pieces of hardware. So it was a really cool um, job. And I love being able to be an, a radio operator, learning how to do a nine line medevac in case someone got hurt or calling in airstrikes or whatever it might be. It was just a, it just seemed like a really cool job. So um, and what the, another added feature um, is that along with this job, when they offered it to me, is I also had the opportunity to become airborne, which means I got to jump out of planes in the oh, army. Wow. Which was super cool, and of course I said heck yes to that. I was so <laughs> pumped for that. So it was just it was a win win, and I was super excited to 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 do that. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, well kudos to you. I, you know, I have a lot of friends that that, and my wife will be like, oh, will you ever go skydiving? And I don't I don't know about that one yet. <laughs> so that's awesome, and and I can only again imagine you know the experiences that you took away from that. Yeah. Um, so I want to touch on something. So did you build any computers when you were younger prior to going into the military, or did you learn that? Um, you know, tool while you were in the military. So, so when I was younger, I didn't build my own PC, right? So okay. I remember, I remember like we had a normal PC that you buy from Walmart or, or wherever, but I played games like, you know, World of Warcraft and Dungeons and Dragons online. So the things that I learned about was how do I, like my games would never work. So I had to learn how to get graphics cards and memory and plug them in. So I knew how to do that, but I never built a computer from scratch. It wasn't until after I joined the military and I learned more about computers that I actually built my own PC from scratch. And I, you know, I went all out. I did the water cooling, the water blocks, you know, all the lighting, you know, I really made it, made it special my first build. So yeah. That's so cool. No, that's awesome. Um, you know, I know that now that's kind of a popular thing, you know, everyone's got YouTube videos of them building their own PC. Um, so that's cool that you kind of got, got even into that a bit before it became, you know, now what I think is pretty popular. Um, So awesome. So you have, you know, your experience in the military, you have this position that it seems like you really enjoyed and really learned a lot from. And so, you know, now let's talk a little bit post-military where we start to move into your professional career a bit. Can you tell us about that first job that you had um, after you left the military? Yeah, yeah. So so I had a plan getting out of active duty and I knew I wanted to go to college, obviously with the GI Bill and everything. So I moved to Philadelphia to go to Drexel. And with my technical background, I, I just figured it made sense to go and get a technical degree, um, not really knowing what was in store for my future. But, um, you know, but uh, yeah, so I went to Drexel and I, and I started with a computer science degree. But eventually I, I long story short, I transitioned out of Drexel and I, and I took classes at Penn State online. And while I was doing that, I got my very first job at the University of Pennsylvania doing IT for the Wharton Business School, which is an awesome opportunity that was provided to me because I networked within Philadelphia and I met some really great people who were able to get me in when the position was available. So that was my first real job um, right out of the army. And, and again, doing the same stuff, working on computers, working on tablets and cell phones and everything you can think of. Right. Um, but what was really cool about that job is that I was embedded in the entrepreneurship department at Wharton. So even though I didn't really, I had no, I think at that time, wasn't even thinking about esports. I was learning so much about business just by being in that environment every day, working with those people, meeting all the students coming through. So that was really cool. So that was my first main job out of the military. Okay. Gotcha. Awesome. And so was there, um, was that an entrepreneurial aspect to, to business or was it, um, some general business classes or, or, or what all, what kind of was the curriculum there? So, uh, so it's the entrepreneurship department at Wharton. So really it was, okay. they had, they had professors there that did teach entrepreneurial courses, but primarily it was, it was a, a, pl- a place of resources for 
MBA students or graduate students who are coming through Wharton who were starting their own you know, businesses or whatever it might be, they would come through the entrepreneurship department, get resources, get mentors, and a little bit of education. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then so, you know, you go do that. And and then I know you have some experience at SAP. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. That was, that, was, <clears throat> that was one of my internships through Drexel while I was going there. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and then, no, I know now, you know, you just landed a new position or you started a new position. Yeah. 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 I actually start tomorrow. Super exciting. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> well, congrats. You. I know this will probably come out Wednesday morning. Yeah, so so yeah. Adam will already have I started <laughs> his position. Um, but that's that's awesome. Congrats yeah. to you Thanks, on man. that. Um, so, you know, I definitely want to go through your professional career a bit just because sure. um, I love telling the stories. And I really think that it's cool that, you know, even from a young age, you did the whole gaming thing. You were into video games. Um, you go into the military and you land a tech position and you just seem like you get really passionate even more so about tech. And, and it just seems like basically through throughout your whole career, you were just always in the tech space. And so I think that's pretty cool to see the consistency um, throughout your life in that. And so now take us. Uh, where I really want to go is, is of course, cover Philly Esports because mm-hmm. I think that what you're doing and others doing in this area is really cool. So share um, with our listeners, you know, where did you – and touch on this a bit again. So where did you kind of first get introduced to, you know, the whole gaming and, and maybe esports specifically scene? Where did you right. first see esports come about? <clears throat> yeah, so, so – um so I discovered esports. I think just the same way as everyone else, right? Like I've always been ever ever since I moved back to Philadelphia, and you know I could really like embrace my gaming hobby again. Um, you know I, I've been watching Twitch, been watching YouTube, been seeing all these really amazing influencers rise up, and obviously because of Twitch and YouTube, you know the these bigger tournaments have been streamed, and so I would follow these tournaments that were coming up, whether they were with Halo, because Halo is a, a really a game I absolutely love, or if it was with League of Legends, which has, you know, been around since forever, or, or, or even um, uh, Call of Duty, yes, but uh, Counter-Strike, right? Because Counter-Strike's been around forever, and watching these, and it really wasn't until the launch of Overwatch that I really took notice, because I fell in love with that game so quickly, and then they announced the league, and then I saw the hype around it, and then I saw the, the, the actual, the the beginning of the league, and how, and how, you know, well managed it was, and produced, and everything, and I was like, wow, this is really awesome, like, this is no longer becoming, like, something that's happening in somebody's backyard. This is mainstream top dollar entertainment that's being created for gamers and for non-gamers. And I, and that just made me so excited because I mean, to be honest with you, man, if I knew that esports was going to be like this when I was 30, I never would have joined the army. I never would have <laughs> went to college. I would have been that stereotype every day, all day, white knuckling in, in my mom's basement. And so right. I made it big man, you know, because how cool is it that we get to see these, these guys and gals get paid to play video games and all these, all these jobs, opening up you know not only just for the gamers but for the producers and the tournament organizers and the and the digital content creators and the influencers like it's so it's so cool man to see all these amazing opportunities come out of nowhere but anyway um don't want to go on too far on a tangent but um (laughs) (laughs) but that's kind of like where i really started taking notice and just saying oh this is cool like this is becoming mainstream this is it's not a joke anymore and it it never was a joke to obviously to to people like you and me but to people on the outside it was a joke and that was really made me excited so that's what that's when i really started taking notice and i started digging through linkedin and through youtube and like trying to find people that were in the industry and trying to make connections um because I, i want i wanted to see what 
there was in Philly I can get involved with. And obviously there's a couple companies. Um, but even since then, it's just exploded and just how many new players are in the industry, which is so great to see because there's so much room for people to be involved. But um, <clears throat> but to kind of close up the story, the reason the, the, the way I really started the company was because after my job at, at the University of Pennsylvania is I started working for the company for the organization Bunker Labs, which is the national nonprofit specifically designed to help veterans start businesses. And while I was working there full time helping other people start their businesses, you know, people were asking me, hey, I don't know, do you have a side business? Do you have a side hustle? And I was like, no, not really. Like I'll help people build websites, but I don't really have, you know, something I'm really passionate about. And, and you know, I decided that, you know, maybe I should start something. And, and esports was the only industry that I, that I figured that's where I can really make something happen. I can bring together both my technical skill, my passion for the industry and my ability to kind of represent gamers in a positive light. And I, and I said, this is something I can really do. And I had, a, I had a partnership with the local college. Um, I didn't have any technology or any money. I just said, Hey, let me just, it's an experiment. Let me just see if people show up. I ran my very first event, which was a cross platform Fortnite event. Everybody brought their equipment. It was a really small cash prize of 300 bucks. But that, but dude, 30 people came out, not knowing who I was, not knowing my brand. People came out, and it was super exciting to see how how positive people were, how people, how excited people were to have an opportunity to come out and play. And at that moment, I said, I got, I have something here. This could be something really big. And that's kind of where it all started. That's awesome. And and again, sorry, just to backtrack a bit for for those of us or for the listeners that may not um, know exactly what it is that Philly Esports is. Can you kind of describe for us? For the listeners, you know, what exactly does Philly Esports do um, and, and what does it look like, you know, in a typical event for, the, for those that might not know? Absolutely. So we're a tournament organizer and we host uh, monthly pop-up style tournaments all around the Philadelphia area. And we have a focus on helping gamers build their competitive gaming brand with professional photography and professional interviews that we do at every single event. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and for those of you listening, um, if we'll give... Uh, Adam's information at the end of how you can reach him and where the Instagram page is. But I mean, if you go look at the professional photography that they have going on, the interviews, um, I mean, Adam, like kudos to you guys, because I think that it looks so professional and it looks so put together. Um, and I think that, you know, there are some that, and again, great for them that are trying to do events like these, but I really think that you bring uh, a great professional looking aspect to it for those that are, you know, maybe amateurs or, or trying to go professional with it. And you're doing a lot of things that provide an opportunity for them. Absolutely. And um, thank you for that. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the progression. Cause you know, I know you guys have been going for a bit now. Mm -hmm. So talk a bit about, you know, when you initially started, um, was it just you? Did you have some co-founders? Did you have some of the people that kind of heard what you wanted to do? Um, or what did the start look like affiliate? Yeah. Sense? So, so I had a couple of people that were, uh, friends of mine, still friends of mine who, who I met through the bunker labs network <clears throat> and they, and they, and they knew the industry was big and they were gamers themselves. So they were like, Hey, we'd love to help you out with that, with this. So at the very beginning, it was just a bunch of guys that wanted to just help out and see, see what would happen. Um, and and that's really kind of all it's really been. So so right now I'm the, I'm the sole owner of the company. There's no other co-founders. No one's put in any financial um, elements. It's mostly been volunteering with their time and with their passion, um, which is which has kind of been a struggle because it does take more than one guy to to lead a, a business and, right. and make amazing things happen. But I've been very fortunate and very lucky that I have built a network of volunteers that are passionate about the industry and passionate about the mission that we have here at Philly Esports um, to really impact these players' lives and hopefully their careers in the future. 
And so and so that's kind of what's been the driving force is although I am the only official staff member in the company, I have a graphic designer that does all my graphics and he's amazing. I have a um, I have a guy, Tom, who helps me with my business development. And I have a bunch of other mentors and and friends that that are always willing to chip in and help out when I need it. So although it's really only me on paper, I have a whole team of, of indi- individuals that have been helping me along the way. And it's been incredibly exciting. And I'm so thankful to them because I can't do this without them. And I and I cannot wait for the opportunity to really bring them in officially. And and, and that is the plan. You know, like I, I didn't start this company to make money, although obviously everybody wants to make money. I mean, right. we have to feed ourselves, like obviously. But my passion for this is to see players have a smile on their face at the events. Like that's that's a win for me. And if I can get one person to their goal, whether it is to be a professional player or become a shoutcaster or, or even start their own tournament organizer company. Like that would be awesome for me. Like that's, that's success in my eyes. So, you know, although I'm not doing this for money, I'm really hoping that we can build this company to a place where I can bring in people and so that I can fulfill their dreams to, to work in esports. you know? So that's, um, that's, that's where we're at right now. Right. No, absolutely. And that's, that's awesome. You know, to provide, First off, you know, when we first initially spoke, even before um, we had this podcast episode planned out or even brought up, I remember you told me that you just had so many volunteers that came to you and thought that what you were doing was really cool. And they were just like, hey, how can I get involved in this? And, you know, I just think that speaks volumes to a they must have really respected you and two, they must have really seen that you had something really cool going on. So that's just awesome to hear. Um what are some of the different venues, again, for maybe listeners that, that have never heard of, you know, pop-up events like these? What are some what are some of the kind of different venues that you guys host your events at? Yeah, yeah. So um, Philadelphia is a fantastic city, and it's known – one of the things it's known for is that there's a lot of colleges in the city. I think we have like six or seven colleges actually in Philadelphia proper, probably, probably more than that because a few new ones have popped up recently. But um, most commonly, we do our events at, at colleges because they always have event space, and they are obviously always looking to bring in new um, new students. So gaming events are always very, very fun for them because it's a way to promote their school in a positive light and be relevant to the next generation coming in. So um, most of our events have either been on a college campus or at a building that colleges own. Um, so we've done events at Hushin College. We have one coming up at Drexel University. We've done events um, at a couple of, of other locations that aren't colleges. So there's a location called the Science Center that we've done an event that's not owned by any university, but it, it is on a campus of a university. So it, those are the kind of places we use. We just did, our, our last event was just at the Cherry Hill Mall in New Jersey, and we used a co-working space there, and that was super cool. So um, really, we look for spaces that that are accessible and and usually uh, places that that are happy to host an esports event. Um, and and people always ask, like, what do you really need at the spaces? And really, the basic things we need, obviously, is power to power all the equipment. And right. we also need a uh, wired internet connection so that way we can stream the event. Uh, wireless is great, but it's not it's not the best for when streaming gameplay. Um, and then we always want to find places that are accessible. So easy to find on Google, you know, easy to park, easy with public transit. Um, and that's really what we look for. But but so far we've, we've colleges and, and uh, general event spaces that fit all of those criteria. That's awesome. Do you guys, I'm curious, do you guys provide the equipment, like the gaming equipment for the events? Yeah. So, okay. so, uh, so the, obviously we're, we're a new company and we have no investors. This is all done by me. I've been bootstrapping the entire right. time for the last, uh, you know, 10 months, the company's been around and, um, with, with a little bit of 
fa- uh, friends and family and donations here and there, we've been able to acquire um, enough equipment to run pretty much any event. Um, so we have monitors, we have Xboxes, we have PlayStation, we have Nintendo Switches, um, we have streaming PCs, we have VR equipment, we have everything we need to run a really fun event. Um, but obviously the challenge is always getting more equipment so we can um, have bigger events and more people can come. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That, so that's awesome, you know, that, that you're able to provide that. And, you know, one thing I want to touch on when you're talking about where you have the venues is, you know, you've had it a lot at universities, which I think that's awesome, not just, you know, for you guys, but also for the university with, you know, collegiate esports trying to get to where it's trying to be yeah. just to have an esport tournament or something like that being streamed on campus, I think definitely raises awareness, you know, for that university. And, um, you know, for maybe college students that don't realize yet what's going on with esports, you know, that's awesome that you guys can host that there. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really it's really great how how awesome the local universities have been, how easy it's been to work with them. Um, it's been it's just been really an honor to, to have the opportunity to get into these schools that may or may not have an esports program and, and are welcoming the opportunity with open arms to do this stuff. It's really great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So do you guys want to and, you know, let me know if I'm going too far. Do you <laughs> want <laughs> I don't want to, like, you know, give out Adam's business you know, <laughs> strategy and all that. But do you eventually one day want your own set location or do you kind of like the idea of popping up in, in different areas? Yes, yeah, so that's a great question. Um, you know, the reason why I started this company the way I started is because I didn't have any capital. I didn't have $200,000 to go buy a space and, and renovate it and turn it into an esports center. And I, and I wanted to kind of avoid that um, because, one, there's a lot of people in Philly that already – are doing that like uh, local host slash nurture gamers and now and now tap esports and they do a phenomenal job they're awesome guys and gals and they have beautiful facilities and they run amazing events and and I just said well may, uh, I need to be a little different than that you know like it, there's always room for another land center but I, I want to try something different because I want to be able to provide something to players without having to wait to get capital from somebody who knows nothing about esports and doesn't knows nothing about me and is just going to roll the dice I'd rather build it myself because that way if I build it myself and put that wet equity in, then when I go to those investors, I'll be ready to, to get involved. But, um, you know, so, um, one day, yes, I would love to have an actual facility that we own, whether it's under the Philly esports banner or some other banner, uh, as we grow and expand. Um, I think that would be phenomenal because it's always nice to have a, a place to call home, a place that you can always run your events out of and put in all that infrastructure so you can create that top quality content, um, that people like to see for the, for the streams and for the tournaments and, and all the above. So, um, Definitely in the cards for sure, but it's it's more of a long term goal. Uh, right. Our short our short term goal right now is just keep providing amazing amazing events and showing people that this is something that is here, it's here to stay, and it's something they should get involved. Um, and you know, I think I think what we would like to do, because we do this pop up style, I would like to find two or three locations that we are always welcome to use. So we're not always uh, scrambling for a location. Um, we can always go to these providers and say, hey, we want to do an event on this day. And they 99% of the time say, yeah, go ahead. And that's kind of why I've been building this, these relationships with these colleges is because they always have event space open. Um, you know, they do stuff as well, but they always have some space on campus that can be can be provided and they always have internet connectivity, which is great. So um, hopefully we can build these partnerships with these local universities where we can, we can just kind of jump around to each one each month and, and really have amazing events that are accessible. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that sounds like an incredible plan. It seems that you guys are on track to, to continue for that for the next few years. Um, so I want to kind of shift this, you know, first off, 
you know, I think that it's amazing the opportunity that is given by putting on events like this. So something that I want to chat about is why are events like the ones that you put on at Philly Esports and, you know, other people throughout the country that are putting up pop-up style events like this, why are they so important to help um, amateur players, you know, who are trying to build a brand and a name for themselves to potentially maybe go pro if if that's their dream? Yeah. So I think the number one word I use is, is accessibility, right? So, you know, esports as an as a as a competitive scene is so accessible, which is awesome, right? Even even people with physical disabilities can play games at the same level and caliber as those who are the best, and that, and that is friggin' phenomenal if you really yeah. think about it. No other sport or competitive scene has that, none, right? So that's why esports is special, and and so um, what's what's important is that not everybody has. Um, has a land center nearby or not everybody has the ability to get into to the city or to some other place. So what I think is important about pop-up style tournaments is that companies like mine are bringing the esports to the player, right? So those players um, don't have any tournaments that they can then they can compete in except for maybe let's say some online, but really where you make a name for yourself is at the actual event. That's where people meet you face to face. That's where your picture gets taken, where you can do your interview, where you can really start getting your name out there as a player. Um, so so what's why these are important is because it gives these people that opportunity to pursue their dreams. It's so much harder to do it from home. And some people have done it. Absolutely. They've streamed on Twitch or they put up YouTube videos and there's and they're, you know, top tier players and someone's someone's found them online and they've brought them out to an event or whatever. But but that's not how everyone is going to be uh, noticed. And that's not how that's not everyone's path. So. Why I think these pop-up style tournaments are important is that we're bringing the opportunity to players that may necessarily not have that opportunity before. And also, I think what's really important about these pop-up style tournaments is creating that positive culture around gaming. You know, esports is so new. It's in its infancy. There's so many unknowns. It's all very exciting, but it's important to start building positive, safe communities that people can belong to because you know, it's just it, esports is, is exploding and there's so many people coming into it and it's so accessible, which is amazing. But there's got to be positive communities around these players, not only to motivate them and propel them to that next level, but also have a trusting family to rely on when things either get really hard or things get really good. You know, you're going to see players just like Kyle did at the um, uh, who's a Pennsylvania native who won the Fortnite championship. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's what, 16 and he won $3 million. Like, yeah. like what do you, what do you do as a, as a teenager winning all that money? If you don't have a good, like a good support system around you, you might make poor decisions or someone might take advantage of you. And that's the right. thing that I want to make sure doesn't happen with players, especially if they come through my events and I want them to feel like they have people they can rely on if they don't have that support system around them at home, that they can come to us at Philly Esports and say, hey, I'm really passionate about being a pro player. Can you guys help me out? And they have people they can trust and rely on. So I think that's what, you know, I think all tournament organizers agree on this stuff and I think it's really important Um the way we run this stuff is, is building that community and, and providing opportunities for players to pursue their dreams. Right. No, absolutely. And I, you know, I think it's unique um, to yours. And I, I could be wrong, but, you know, there are a few others that I follow or that I see without in the space. But I think the fact that you actually do the interviews and the professional photography, I think that's really unique to Philly Esports um, because that's kind of something I haven't seen in other companies. So, you know, for, for anyone listening in the Philadelphia area, it's <laughs> definitely a, a, a great thing to attend. Um, and so that kind of leads me into this question that um, you kind of just touched on a bit. But why is it so important to have, you know, in the past, 
you've been able to, like you were saying, you can stream from Twitch, you can stream from YouTube, and you can definitely build a name for yourself um, and become popular that way. But why is it so important to have the real in live event um, just so far as, you know, for community building and, you know, the positivity that that can have? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's pretty pretty self-explanatory it's just you know you gotta you gotta build your tribe right you gotta build your community and you gotta you know you have to get your name out there and it's 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 not as easy to do it at at home and you know gaming gaming is a very lonely experience and let me let me clarify what i mean by that obviously you can play games online with your friends and you can socialize and you can communicate but at the end of the day you're still at home by yourself right and that can be that can be very detrimental to your mental health when you bring people together who are all like-minded, it just it, it infuses people with happiness and it makes them feel connected. And we need more of that in esports because gaming is a very um, uh, solo experience as as being at home with no one else around. And, and online communication is phenomenal. It's great. So many benefits. But we still need that human interaction. We still need to build friendships and relationships with people that we can see in person and touch and hug and high five when we do a good job. And I think that's so important. Um, one, to change the narrative of, of gamers, right? Because we still have those stigmas that are, that are stupid and, and, and we shouldn't have them. Um, and we, and you know, and I just like, Gamers have always been put into this bucket of like, hey, you're not cool, right? You're not, you're not social, you're not sociable. You're, you're right. an introvert. But when you bring those, and let's say, and sure, there are people who are like that, absolutely. But when you bring those types of people into the environment where everyone else is into the same thing they are, all that is shri- is just is just torn away in a positive way. And these people have friends, and they have they have buddies, and they you know people they play with online, and they have they have uh, rivalries. Like it's so cool to bring everyone together in the same room. And just see how it's just an even playing field. And you have people that are really successful in their personal life coming to these tournaments and getting beat up by a 12-year-old kid, right? And then you have people that <laughs> are maybe – they maybe are they're a little socially awkward, but when they're there, they're one of the biggest all-stars because they're one of the best gamers in the area. Like it's so cool to see that because you wouldn't know that seeing that person walk down the street. And, and I, that's what that's what's so important about bringing these communities together is, is, is you just give these – you give everyone a place to be around like-minded people that are there there to have fun that want to compete and win absolutely but they're there to have fun with one another and just be part of a family and i think and i use the word family deliberately i think that's what that's what these communities are that we're building uh, in in esports no absolutely you know i agree i'm i'm a big believer in, in building a family community and you know having family close friends that are close like family and you know i think that's something that you know, obviously there are within gaming organizations and teams that you can join to get that sense of family but um to actually just have it in a community space where, you know, maybe you're not a part of a team or anything like that. And now this community can feel like a team. Um, Cause you know, I hear a lot of, to, to compare it to traditional sports, I hear a lot of professional athletes and college athletes that, you know, they say the thing they miss most when they left their either professional career or collegiate career was that sense of, you know, brotherhood or sisterhood with, with their teammates and, and yeah. having that team environment. So I think it's like you're saying so important um, to now create that, throughout esports absolutely um, awesome awesome so i kind of want to shift it now a little bit to what i'm calling an entrepreneurial mindset right because i think obviously the two of us speaking uh, we're both entrepreneurs and i think it's also fair fair to say that you know streamers and content creators are very much so entrepreneurs i mean many of them have to set up their own streams they have to create their own content they're building their brand on social media um you know i would heavily argue that i would consider you an entrepreneur so 
here's just some things I kind of want to want to touch on. So first off, for you, Adam, you know, when you were growing up, did you see any sense of entrepreneurship in you, or did that kind of come later in life for you? I'd be interested to hear. Yeah. So I mean, I don't I don't think so. Um, I I didn't as a kid I didn't really start any businesses or try to do any side hustles. Business wasn't really part of my family's culture. Nobody in my initial family um, was starting a business or anything like that. So I didn't really have the sense of of I didn't have those natural entrepreneurial tendencies as as some other entrepreneurs have. Um, it really wasn't until I worked at Wharton when I really started thinking about business and thinking about what could I do. Um, and I experimented with a couple business ideas. I started an IT consulting service that didn't really go anywhere. Um, I'd started like a website design thing that didn't really go anywhere. Um, but once I found my passion, which is esports, I, I knew I could make it work. And I think a really big misconception that people have about entrepreneurship, and I've seen this because of my time at Wharton and my time with Bunker Labs, most importantly, is that anybody can be an entrepreneur. Anybody. You don't right. need an MBA. You don't need to go to a certain college. You don't need to have a certain background. All you need is passion for what you do, and it will become successful. There's always someone out there that wants what you can create. Always. There's you, there's a market for absolutely everything, and people don't people think that that's not the case. It is the case. And when you love something, when you find your passion, when you find, you know, your purpose, if you want to say that, you will be blown away at the amount of success you will have. People could sit there and look at my my bio or my resume and be like, Adam is not an entrepreneur. He has no business sense. He has no experience in business. There's no way he can be a, a successful businessman. And you and then I would just if so and then I you could just look at what I've done. I started a company was something that I was passionate about. I infuse it with with my own morals and my own perspective on what I hope to see happen with other people. And and you know, ten months later, I have something that you could arguably say is a success. I think it's very successful because we're helping change lives in a very positive way. It's Absolutely. a slow it's a slow moving train. Things aren't going to happen overnight, but we've already seen the impact. Um, you know, over the last year, and and it's it's phenomenal, and I'm and I'm so excited about what I built and what what I built with my friends and, and my mentors. Um, so I, you know, I, I think anyone can be an entrepreneur. I think that there's obviously things you have to learn, right? There's things that I'm not good at and you have to bring in people who are good at those things to help you. You can't right. do everything. That's very important. You can't do right. everything, but anybody who, anybody can start a business and pursue their dream, anybody. And, and, and I would, I would, I'll tell that, tell them that a thousand times. If you have a passion, if you have something you really want to do, you got to do it. Even if you got to break it down to really, really tiny steps and try to make it not feel overwhelming and just take one step at a time. Just, just create the business name, right? You don't got to quit your job overnight. You don't right. got to, you don't got to tell your family, Hey, we don't have any more income. You don't got to do all that. All you got to <laughs> do is take baby steps and just say, okay, I know I want to work on my own. I know I want to start my own company. I know I want to get into baking. Just an example. First step, Create the name of your business. You don't have to do anything else. Just create the name of your business. Okay, step one done. Name your right. business. Then go to the next step. Create the LLC or whatever kind of corporation you want to make it. You still haven't made any risky moves. All you've done is taken baby steps towards your towards your dream of running your own business. And that's all you have to do. And as you take those little mini steps and start building upon that, you'll be blown away at how much you can accomplish. And you'll be blown away at how many positive things come into your life because you're working on something that you're truly passionate about and something you truly love. And I think that's really important. No, I completely agree with everything you just said. And I think – um, there's a few things I took away from that. The first is that beginning is just so important. You know, like you're saying, just take the baby steps 
and and start doing whatever it is you want to do because I feel like too many people um, sometimes you know maybe have the thought in their head or they're they're processing it a lot but they haven't started and I so much agree with you that you should just start. So something else that I took away from your answer was that you know you had some other businesses that failed or maybe didn't do as well as you wanted them to do. Why is it? so important because I think sometimes there's a stigma where everyone looks at failure and they're like, oh, this is so bad. But what is it that failing in those other businesses maybe taught you that you brought into Philly Esports? Yeah. Oh, man. Failure is is the most important thing that we have as human beings. Without failure, we could never make adjustments and do better next time. Um, what, what those failures taught me <clears throat> was you can't you can't pursue something you're not passionate about. You know, I mean, we, we, I think a lot of people silo themselves in areas that don't make them happy because they're so scared about the alternative. They think I can't leave this job because I have good benefits. I got a decent paycheck. You know, I'm pretty good at what I do. Um, I don't want to take the risk of losing all this to go pursue a pipe dream or whatever. Um, and, and that's okay. Like it's, it's that if you're, if you're content with that, that's okay. But you gotta, you gotta pursue something that gives you life, that makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning. Because if not, you're wasting your time. And 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 I don't mean to sound harsh about that, but it's like you only live once. You you gotta pursue what makes you happy. And 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 yes, there's always risk involved, making a change or making an adjustment. There's always risk. But when you when you put when you take on that risk in something that you love and that you're passionate about and that's gonna make you jump out of bed in the morning. You're going to be blown away at how much you can accomplish as a person, and 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 I and the reason why I did those other companies is because again I have this deep technical background. I was like, oh, it makes sense for me to be an IT consultant. Oh, it makes sense for me to help people build their websites for their company, and it did work. I was good at it, but was I passionate about it? Was I hustling the streets of Philadelphia finding clients? No, I wasn't because it didn't bring life to me. That isn't what makes me energized. What makes me energized is running awesome esports events where everyone's <laughs> having a great time. Everyone's fist bumping, high-fiving. I got a, I got a caster going. I got interviews going. I got a professional photographer getting in there taking pictures. That's cool, and seeing some you know, 14, 15-year-old kid win a couple hundred bucks for playing a video game, that's cool. That's fun. And that's what gets me excited. And who knows, maybe that kid who just won my tournament is going to pursue it as a career and become one of the next big gamers in Smash or Fortnite or whatever. Like that makes me excited. And you can just see the difference when you follow something that you're passionate about and you love. Just the universe will just open its arms to you. I'm telling you, it's it, it, it. People think it's crazy, but it's, it's <laughs> you just got to do it, man. You just got to take the first step and you'll be surprised. It's 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 phenomenal. So failure is necessary for us to learn and get better. But my failures, what I took away was I don't want to pursue something that, that I'm not passionate about. I don't want to do it because I've just I've seen what I've been able to do with Philly Esports just because it's something I love and it's phenomenal and I can't wait to, to continue it and just and just make more positive impacts. Absolutely. Yeah. So w- one of the questions that I asked you was, you know, what are some of the personal traits that you believe allowed you to do what you've done in esports? But it sounds like, you know, passion and belief and, and pursuing and, and those sort of things. Yeah. are, are, <laughs> definitely, are definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and so to kind of elaborate on that a bit, what sure. has it been like, you know, like you, you mentioned, you're now 10 months in the process with Philly Esports. Yeah. What has it been like thus far to see where you started 10 months ago, you know, even maybe with social media where, you know, you just created it. You maybe didn't have any followers other than a few. And now you've you've built it and you have a great social media presence. You have awesome events going on. You know, what has that been like to just experience and, and to look back on now 10 months in? Yeah, it's it's been a phenomenal ride, and and trust me, we we're just at the beginning. There's a lot of work to do. 
Um, you know, primarily I need to bring more people into the company. Um, but that always requires money, but that's, you know, what I've seen is, is, is it's just, what's really been fascinating is just, is just how much people love gaming and love competition and want to see, want to see more opportunities. Right. So what I've been so happy about is that every time I've ran an event, there's always been people in in the crowd of, of competitors that come up and say, Hey man, this probably isn't the best way to do this. Maybe you should try this. And and they've been coming up and helping us with every step of the way, whether it's like helping redo the bracket because the bracket isn't set up right or or helping with the flow of the games or helping with the rule sets or, or whatever or helping with the technology on the stream. It's been such a communal effort, right? It isn't just me working on every little piece. Everybody has chipped in to help make Philly Esports what it is. And I think that's what's really important is that Sure, we'll 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 host the event. We'll bring in the photographer. We'll do all that stuff. But it's a community. Like it's not just Adam Nelson, founder, or or whoever on the stream or whatever. It's it's everybody. We're all working on this together. And I think that's what's been really special is that seeing repeat players come back to to multiple tournaments, even different games. That has been so rewarding to me. Seeing parents come up and say, "Hey." I really like what you're doing here. You really take the time to like make everyone feel special and welcome them and treat them like a person. And you're, you're really creating a good environment. Like that's important to me, right? That's what I think is, is special. And that's the progress I've seen is just how people are, are, are owning that it's a, a community and it's not just Adam Nelson and Philly Esports. It's we're, we are all Philly Esports. I think that's super important and super special. Um, you know, and, and obviously the progression of the spaces we've been able to have access to require like, getting sponsors, the partnerships we've been able to build. It's been really, it's been really great, you know, and, and it's, it's not, it's, it's hard work and it takes time. Um, and it's definitely difficult for me to do as, as a side gig, especially <laughs> with a full-time job, you right. know, which is the only way that this is possible, but it's, it's been phenomenal. And I, and I just, uh, I'm so thankful for every individual who's come and played, who's come and given feedback, who's, who's volunteered for us. Um, you know, it's just been phenomenal. And I, and I, 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 I cannot wait to be able to give, what I've been able to receive back tenfold in the future as the company grows. That's awesome. That's, and it seems like, you know, you've even like you were speaking of, you've had a lot of humility in some areas or maybe you weren't as great. I mean, you had other people come in that were great at that area and it's just propelled you even further. And yeah. you know, that's something else that I think is just so important. Um, I'm interested. What do you guys have any idea of the average age player that you have coming into your events? Oh, or yeah. does it just kind of vary? Oh yeah. So my average age for all my events is 25. Okay. Um, and we have 80% male and 20% female, um, at our events. So that's right now that's, that's the general breakdown of what we get. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, cool. Is there, is there anything else in the, we're going to start winding down here in a minute, sure. but I just want to give you the opportunity. Is there anything else on your, on your mind within esports, entrepreneurship, anything that you wanted to share? Uh, yeah, sure. So, uh, let me plug our next event. So as, yeah. as of the time of this podcast being released, um, our next event is going to be October 26th and we're going to be at Drexel university playing super smash brothers ultimate, uh, prize pool, uh, is 500. Um, and that ha- does have the ability to go up with, with crowdsourcing and, and maybe poten- uh, more potential sponsors hopping on. So um, the event page for that is not up yet, but I'm going to get that up hopefully this week so people can start <laughs> registering for it because we are a little over a month away, which is great. Just want to give people an opportunity to register. Um, 
and just wanted to give a huge shout out to Tappy Sports, which is a land center here in Philadelphia. We have an event coming up with them this Saturday. We're doing a Fortnite event. Um, that's completely sold out. So there's no spectator room available for that, unfortunately. But we're really excited about that. And also, also a huge shout out to local hosts and, and Nerd Street Gamers, which is um, probably the biggest players here in Philly. But those guys have been super supportive and super great. Um, and I was just out in Denver and saw their brand new facility out in Denver, which is absolutely beautiful. So just wanted to give a, a big shout out to them. But um, yeah, uh, if you're someone who is interested in gaming or wants to get involved, we are always taking volunteers and we're always looking for people who have special uh, specialities, whether it's in, you know, audio, video, photography, anything. If you, if you want to come and meet with us and, and tell us about what you do, we'd love to meet you. Um, and we're always looking for sponsors and partners. Anybody who wants to get involved in the esports industry, we'd love to talk to you and, and see if there's a way we can work together. Um, and the last thing I want to say is if you are someone who is scared to come to an esports tournament because you think you're not good enough or you're not going to make it, you sh- you have you should come. You should you should get over that and come because no matter if you win or lose, you're going to have a fantastic time because um, if it's at a Philly esports event or any other event out there, you know the people you're going to meet are, are going to be some of the the best, probably some of the best friends you're ever going to make in your life. And you'll be really surprised at how skilled you are at the game and how far you can progress uh, in a tournament. So if you really care about gaming and, and gaming is something that you really see yourself doing for the rest of your life, I highly recommend you come out to an event. I really hope you can come out to a Philly esports event, but if you can't make it to Philadelphia, I hope you check some other tournament tournament organizers out and go there and just see what you're made of because, Hey, we're, we're one big community and we, we're going to, we're going to change the world. It's going to happen. That's awesome. That's awesome. So a lot, a lot of ways for for people to get involved and, and come see the events. Um, you know, maybe sometime in the future, I can if I'm ever in the Philadelphia area, love to you have guys you, got buddy. one. Love to yeah. have you. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Um, all right. And so as we wind down now, kind of how we end the podcast is with a lightning round, which I call the Lodges Light Seven. Nice. So these are just seven. There's a little. There's two that are kind of deep, but for the most part, just super light. Um, easy for you to answer. So for our listeners to learn, you know, a little bit just more about about Adam. So the first one we have is if you're about to take a flight, what snack are you going to grab before boarding? Ooh, beef jerky. <laughs> Adam, you are – I'm three for three on that question. <laughs> All three guests have answered beef jerky. And that's, that's why I'm great. doing – yeah, I'm keeping it the same because I'm interested <laughs> to see at the end, you know, what everyone's answered. Um, that's, that's funny. Wow. That's funny. Okay, question number two is if you could be the host of any TV show, uh, which TV show would you pick? That's a tough one. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, oh, my God. Um, oh, man, I would say I would say um, The Price is Right. Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, if you could pick anybody to hang out with for one day, who would you choose? Wow. Dead or alive or does it have to be alive? Dead or alive. Um, I would have to say George Carlin. Okay. Yeah, he was a great comedian and smart guy. He would have been an awesome person to hang out with for a day. That was awesome. Are you a big comedy fan? I love stand-up comedy. It's one. Of, it's one. Of, it's one of my other passions, stand-up comedy. But that's yeah. a whole, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, let's see. Okay, so this one's a little bit a little bit deeper. So if you you can cover any sport you want, who would you have on your Mount Rushmore, retired or active? And um, I've been just reminding everybody Mount Rushmore's four. So who would you pick as your as your top four covering any sport? Top, so I'm sorry. So like guys that I want on my team or like your Mount Rushmore, if you could pick from any sport four players, you oh, think are just the oh, greatest of all time. Oh yeah. my God. Um, <laughs> wow, dude, <laughs> this is hard. Uh, I mean, let's, let's do Babe Ruth. Okay. Let's do, um, 
Um, man, who else do I want to put on that on that guy? Um, Eric Lindros. There's, there's gonna be a lot of Philadelphia guys. That's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, who else do I want on there? Um, I'm trying to think who else I'd, I'd put up there. There's so many good players to pick from. Yeah, all right, it's, a, it's a tough question. Yeah, yeah. I, I, those two for sure. Um, I, I have to say, um, I mean, my my idol was was uh, um, the catcher for the Phillies. Oh, my God, I'm blanking on his name now because I'm on the spot. Um, uh, Mike Lieberthal, I put okay. him up there because he's the reason why I played catcher and, and for the for for baseball. Um, Super cool. Okay. And then and then I'll round it out with with Ron Hextall just because he was the first goalie in NHL history to score a goal and to score a goal in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. So there you go. That. That's yeah. super cool. Okay. This this next one's easier. Are okay. you a cat or <laughs> are you a cat or dog person? Dog person, hundred percent. Cool, cool. Um, uh, you got two questions left. This okay. one's a little bit deeper. The last one's super easy. If you could ask God one question, uh, what would it be? Wow! Wow! Oh my God! It's hard. Um, oh man. Um, <laughs> one question. Just one. I know is. <laughs> oh man. I just. I. I don't know, man. I just. I'd be like. Uh, I'd ask him how many black holes exist. <laughs> I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. Okay. Know. That's super interesting. Yeah. All right. And then last one. This one's, I think, a little bit a little bit easier. If you could be the star of any movie, so if you could be the, you know, Ooh. the character in that movie, what movie would you pick? Man, um, I'd have to go with I'd have to go with the Indiana Jones movies. Nice. Some of the best, best action adventure movies ever ever in existence. So definitely go with that. Awesome, awesome. Well, there you have it. It's the Lodges Light Seven <laughs> with with Adam. So, Adam, I just I just want to thank you again, you know, for coming on and being a guest. I had a great time doing this with you, and I'm glad that you were able to share a bit of your personal story, share on esports, entrepreneurship, all those things. I think that you had a lot of great things to speak on, and a lot for our listeners to take away. So, I just really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. Th- thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Uh, I love being here, and 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 I'm really excited to listen to the show. Yeah. And where can they find you on social media, Adam? Sure. Absolutely. So if you want to follow Philly Esports, um, it's real simple. So our website is just phillyesports.net. All of our social media channels are at Philly Esports, one word. Um, and our YouTube, same thing. So just uh, on, on Twitch, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, I think on Facebook, it's just Philly Esports League. But uh, if you just type in Philly Esports, our page comes right up. Awesome. All right. Well, there you have it, guys. Adam Nelson, the founder of Philly Esports. Great session with him. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. And tune in next time for the Lodges podcast. What's up, guys? Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this. You can find us on social media at Lodges underscore financial. Please go check out our social pages where you can find lots of other great content committed to gaming and esports. This is also the best place to be kept up to date with everything going on at Lodges. Thanks, and you were just listening to The Lodges Podcast.